Houston in the blind to confirm. Mission specialist Dr. Stone and mission commander Matthew Kowalski are the sole survivors of the SDS-157. I apologize for not complying. I should have stopped working as soon as he instructed me to. We were going to get hit no matter what. There's nothing you could do to change that. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to another episode of Does It Hold Up? The podcast where we talk about some of your favorite movies to decide if they still hold up to today's standards. I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And this week we are going over 2013's Gravity. Yay. (laughs) I'm so excited. I have never seen this movie outside of like the clips they showed at the Oscars, clips online, people talking about it, sharing things. I had seen enough clips that I was never interested. I didn't want to see this movie, which is weird for me. Which is really weird because you love space. I do love space. Um, I don't know. Something about this movie just never sat right with me and I I didn't care. Which is also surprising because this was lauded as like the best space movie for a while. It was like so beautiful and everything. Well, I can tell you right now it's 100%. Even in 2013, it was not the best space movie ever made. (laughs) 2001 A Space Odyssey would like to have a conversation. But yeah, uh, so it's going to be weird. I think this is the first movie in over a year of doing this podcast where I have not seen the movie prior to for this. Had you seen Mean Girls? I had seen Mean Girls once Ah. before. I'd only ever watched it once. So I think we just hit a milestone. (laughs) So Maddie, I know you're listening. You've always wondered, are we ever going to do a movie I've never seen? It's happening right now. All right. So this movie was directed by Alfonso Cuaron, who is a good director. I feel like he was talked about as like the next big thing for a couple years there, especially around when Gravity came out and then just faded slowly away. Probably because people realized what he had done wasn't as good as they thought it was. Possibly. So he had his first big break all the way back in 1998 with a movie called Great Expectations. You ever heard of it? No. Well, you should watch it. It's a pretty good movie. (laughs) Uh, It stars Ethan Hawke, Gwyneth Paltrow, Anne Bancroft, and Robert De Niro. That's a lot of people. That's four A-listers right there. And this was his first big break. He'd done some shorts and some TV shows and everything. Uh, A few things in Mexico, because he's from Mexico. But this was his first, like, big Hollywood feature. Then... He gets a Harry Potter movie. Ooh, maybe that's why I know his name. Do you know which one he did? No. Take a guess. Come on, you only have one in eight chance of getting it right. Just take a guess. (laughs) Um, It's from 2004. Goblet of Fire? Ooh, no, sorry. We were looking for Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh. That's the worst one, right? Is that the one, like, universally everybody hates? Which one is that? No, that's the Half-Blood Prince, right? I think so i feel like half-blood prince is the one that just is universally hated i also know people don't care as much for prisoner of azkaban but it's not the worst probably because it introduces serious so prisoner of azkaban is the third movie correct yes it's a third book third movie this is the one where it got darker right is he is he the guy who kind of took harry potter in that more darker tone i think that was where it was gonna go to begin with, because the books go that way as no, well. I, no, no. Visually. Darker. Oh. Of course, the story is going to do whatever the books do. But the first movies, yeah, they were dark, but they always had those like upturned moments, that, that brightness to it. And then Kiran came in and was like, ha 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 ha, no, you'll see nothing. You'll know nothing. You can't understand anything. 
look how dark it all is. Yeah, well, when you have Dementors and half your stuff is dealing with a werewolf, so at night, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this was the movie in the Harry Potterverse where it kind of took that turn <laughs> that we saw for the next five movies after it. Yeah. So, very interesting. But then in 2006, he actually directed one of my favorite underrated movies that I think people don't talk about enough, and that's Children of Men. You've never seen it. No, I, I have 100%, not. 100% you know that you haven't seen it, but it's a wonderful movie about the year 2027 where women are infertile. They can no longer have children, and so the human race is dying out, and then a woman miraculously gets pregnant. Yeah. And so Clive Owen, who, where the hell did he go? He was amazing for years and then just disappeared. But he has to then escort her to safety as other people try to kill her for being pregnant. It's a weird <laughs> movie, but it's absolutely amazing. It was nominated for two Oscars, and yet I feel like people don't talk about it enough. It was nominated for adapted screenplay and film editing. But then he gets this movie, and this movie is where he really shines in people's eyes. Then he disappears for years does little things here and there comes back in 2018 with a netflix movie and i know you've heard of it mm -hmm. called roma yeah that's nominated for a bunch of oscars but wins three foreign language directing and cinematography which was... were all his awards because he did the cinematography and obviously the directing yeah where did he go for those like five years was <laughs> it just working on roma for five figuring years figuring out roma yeah but now it's been another five years since roma what's he got who knows? They'll probably go for Oscars, though. Yeah, I feel like this dude just disappears every couple of years, makes a movie that gets nominated, and then goes away again. It's super <laughs> weird. But it's very impressive. As a director, he has a total of 11 Oscar nominations and four wins. Yeah. Not just as a director, as anything, because he won for, like, cinematography and stuff as well. But he has four Oscars and 11 nominations. This movie, though, Gravity, from 2013, how many Oscars do you think this movie won? Three. Ooh, more than double that. Wow. Seven. Seven Oscars. Visual effects. Meh. Okay. Meh. Yeah, for sound the time. Sound mixing. Okay, I can see that. And sound editing, which used yeah. to be two categories. It's now one, which is the smartest decision they've ever made. Yeah, I, I can understand the sound. Original score. Uh, eh. I don't even remember their music. there being music in this movie. Which is really sad because a lot of the movie is so quiet. Yeah, so I don't understand that. Film editing? Okay. Eh. Directing? Eh. eh. And cinematography. Cinematography, sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. You still gotta shoot things. You still gotta True. move the camera. You still gotta mm -hmm. make it look good. And it was nominated for three additional. Production design, actress in a leading role for Sandra Bullock, and best picture. Wow. So it lost to The Great Gatsby for production design. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, Absolutely. Uh, Kate Blanchett beat out everybody for her role in Woody Allen's Blue Jasmine, which, looking back on, not a great movie. <laughs> Never even heard of it. She was good in it, though, but I, I don't know if she should have won that year. And Best Picture went to 12 Years a Slave. I've heard good things about that movie, but I've never watched it, so I don't know. It's fine. It's one of those movies where the message is deeper than the movie itself. Yeah. And so everybody elevates the movie thinking it had something <laughs> to say, but it didn't. Yeah, so Gravity. Lots of stuff. Yeah, that's why I brought it to the table. I was like, okay, it's a space movie, and I remember it being super acclaimed. Yeah, I do too. I, I honestly could not tell you why I never watched this movie. You saw this movie when it came out, though, right? Around that time, yeah. 
What were your first impressions? Do you remember what you thought of this movie when you saw it? I felt very motion sick. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was really pretty, but I also thought it was really unbelievable. Okay, do you still think it's really pretty? A bit, yeah. Okay. Do you think it was worthy of cinematography, Oscar? That's a if iffy one. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. All right, box office for this movie. Sure. It had a budget of $110 million. Okay. Where the fuck was that money spent? All the... Was Sandra Bullock just that expensive at the time? No, his visual effects. Oh. They didn't actually go to space. Okay, mm. Adam? They didn't yeah. actually go to I space. I don't know if those visual effects were $100 million worth of visual effects, but, you know. It's but you also had to pay Sandy. Uh, domestically, it took in $274,092,705. Okay. So, you know, one and a half times its budget. Internationally, though, it took in another $412 million for a worldwide total of $685.7 million. I was wondering if they were going for the China market since they have to get to the China station. Ooh, that's a good point. Probably? Probably. Probably. I've noticed this at least a bit in those uh, space movies in the, around that time specifically where they had to go to the Chinese to help. Like well, the Martian did it as well. Sure, but do you want to know why? Hmm. It's because the U.S. wasn't really backing space travel at the time Mm. so you only had two major players in space travel and it was the russians and the chinese and we weren't gonna go to the russians well we've actually used the russians quite a bit they run the russians pretty much run the iss international space station that's probably why everything was in russian at that station (laughs) obviously (laughs) but they pretty much run that we get americans there too but it's like their baby they kind of take care of it because they always have somebody up there pretty much And then the Chinese are right behind them with exploration. And then the U.S. is below that. Because they got, you know, NASA struggles to find funding a lot of times. Because usually our presidents are like, ha ha ha, waste of money. We've we've already been there. It's not. We're literally destroying our planet and we probably need to find another place to live eventually. We should probably (laughs) keep looking. We should probably keep looking. So, yeah. But again, that's the reason they, they show the Chinese. But it also is a nice way to like get bumped into that market and pushed yeah. a little bit. So makes a lot of sense. Adjusted for 2022 inflation, $352.3 million domestically. In 2013, it was the sixth highest grossing movie. Okay. Right behind Man of Steel. Okay. But it bumped down Monsters University. Still okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good that's a good landing spot. Yeah. That's a good landing spot. In 2022 it takes a slight dip. It actually only ranks eighth. Still it's, in the top ten. But that's rare. That's rare for a movie that we cover to go down after adjusted for inflation. That is very true. Usually it goes up, even if like one or two spots, but this one went down two spots and it fell in between the Batman (laughs) and another superhero movie, Thor Love and Thunder. You couldn't be sandwiched between two more different movies of quality and subject matter than those two movies. Yeah. Batman, dark and good. Thor Love and Thunder, bright and trash. Also part dark. No. Physically. They, uh-huh. they literally go to a black and white world. Yeah, and it's trash. <laughs> they should have just made it color. <laughs> Blend in with the rest of it. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> so that's where it kind of ranked. I, I don't know if this movie today makes that much money. Probably not, since there are so many movies about space and that look better. Yeah. Now. Yeah, I mean... Not to keep going back to superhero stuff, but 
like being on Titan to fight Thanos in Infinity War, like that looked way better. And I understand we're nine years different or what Infinity War came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. So it was only five years removed from this. And yet, all right. <laughs> <laughs> they actually look like they were in space. Although Sometimes we... Sandra Bullock looked like she was in front of a blue screen. That's true. Well, mostly because, yeah. She was in front of a blue screen. Yeah. But so were they. Hey, the, they different. got the weightlessness looking pretty good. Yeah, it's wire work. Yeah. It's wire work. They owe the Chinese for that. <laughs> they, they created that. Um, all right. So that's our box office. Yeah. Does that agree or not agree with our critics? It pretty much agrees. The cinema score has it at an A minus. <laughs> so it's if you guys a couldn't little... hear, if you guys couldn't hear my whisper, I whispered wrong. <laughs> They're wrong. All right, anyway, now you're just saying it outright. All yeah, right, absolutely. So not quite what everyone was expecting, but still pretty good. Yeah, but there is no Roger Ebert for this. Yeah, he, he unfortunately passed away he did before pass. this movie came out. His website still gave it four stars. Well, I don't care about his website because <laughs> that's just some rando giving him star ratings. I don't even know who the review came from, but rando. Yeah, it, it's a rando. The Rotten Tomato critic score has it at a 96%. Whew. So high, but the audience have it at a 79%. Oof, 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 oof. That is, uh, that is something. That is something that I think is going to be talked about a little later after we've kind of gone through this movie a little more because I don't think either one of those numbers is right. Ooh, all right. I don't think either one's right. But a new thing that we're going to start doing going forward is Rotten Tomatoes is is good. You can see, like, it's a 96%, meaning people were high on this movie. They were giving it positive ratings. But when we take a look at the actual ranking, a, a, a number ranking... It's an 8.9 out of 10, which would be an 89%, much lower than the 96% that it's touting. Yeah. So we're going to start just taking a look at that. The audience is a 4 out of 5's average rating, so right where they're at. They have it at a 79. It's a 4 out of 5 is an 80%, so even. <laughs> but yeah, the critics, that's always interesting. I started getting more into like looking at this number because... If you, if you give it a 6 out of 10, that's technically a positive rating. So, and you count towards that positive. Because you count towards that positive yeah. thing, but it's still only a 6 out of 10. And I started to notice it because all of a sudden Barbie was like ranked really high, like percentage-wise. But then its actual number was like an 8 out of 10, which is still good. But it was, you know, percentage-wise higher than Oppenheimer for a while. Yet Oppenheimer was like a 9, 9.1 or something out of 10. Yeah. And it was like, they're not even really that close. But these... <laughs> tomato meter scores make them look that close yeah so i started going deeper into these numbers so i think we're going to start doing that moving forward too just to get a better idea of w if that number actually is right so 96 percent of critics thought it was an 80 percent <laughs> yes 96 percent of critics thought it was positive only 8.9 only 89 percent thought it was good yeah so it, it's a it's a weird thing i know but we're going to start breaking that down every week because it's very interesting and watch how different those numbers are for some of these movies we cover yeah all right you want to talk about this yeah supposed space movie let's talk about the fact that i don't remember if it was but it was definitely made for 3d are you sure i don't remember it coming out in 3d because huron doesn't really deal with 3d 
except for all of the things that come directly at camera. Yeah, I think that's more just, ah, no, something's coming. I don't think this was made for 3D. You want to look it up? I Here, Take a minute and look it up while I talk about this opening of the movie. Because yes. I hated it. So we get a bunch of reading at the beginning of this movie where it tells you about space and days and travel and blah, blah, blah. And one of the last lines of what we have is life cannot survive in space. And that's just inherently false. Humans cannot survive in space. Creatures that need air cannot survive in space. But there are t tons of life in space. Like, I don't... That was weird, right? Yeah. Like, why would you blatantly lie like that? <laughs> just say humans can't survive in space. Don't say life. Just humans can't survive in space. Yeah. Okay. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know what's out there. Blanket statement. Which is why we keep needing funding for NASA, so we can know what's out there. <laughs> yeah. It was a weird blanket statement that just, like, put me in a bad mood going into the movie. What'd you find? It was shown in 3D, Ooh. but it was not necessarily shot for 3D. Ah, okay. Yeah. Converted into 3D. Yes, but there are definitely shots that were meant for that 3D, like when she loses her grip on uh, a bolt in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and the bolt flies at the... So my thing is, I hate 3D. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely despise 3D. I don't need to see it. You know what? I can just see the movie. It's fine. And the way movies are shot nowadays, 3D years ago makes sense. Really immerse people. But the way movies are shot in like 4K and all this stuff now, things look like they're coming at me, even if I'm not wearing stupid glasses and the whole screen <laughs> is blurry. Yeah. Things still move towards the camera. It still looks very dimensional. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand the point of 3D anymore. I absolutely hate it. I hate having to wear those glasses in the theaters. Ah. I remember when 3D was going to be the next big thing going into home. Oh, my my parents own a 3D TV. Really? Still to this day. How does they, that even work? Do they have to wear glasses? Yeah, you got to wear glasses. Glasses came with the TV. What's the But point you have of that? to have a 3D Blu-ray player and then you have to buy the movies in 3D and then you have to play it in 3D, which movies don't get made in 3D anymore, but they just don't want to buy a new new TV. Maybe <laughs> I should just buy them a new TV at this point because it's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, they yeah. That's how it worked. Terrible. They, they made it a home thing, and I was like, it's embarrassing you guys bought this, but okay. Terrible. I, I hate 3D. So the next thing that I noticed at the beginning of this movie, I couldn't hear shit. Yes. It was so badly mixed, at least at the beginning. As, you know, it's a long shot of them, like, coming into our view or whatever. And you can hear, like, the static and then, the like, a murmur. I'm sorry, what? Speak up. Mr. Clooney, I cannot hear you. Please. We're supposed to be on the same wavelength, basically. Yeah, I didn't I didn't understand why I couldn't hear anything. And I'm not sure if it was a bad mix for the streaming one we were watching mm -hmm. or if that's just how it was in theaters. But it was stupid. Yeah, it was a good, like, two minutes of the movie spent <sighs> where we couldn't hear anything. And it was like, okay, we get it. No sound moves in space. Locking us over the head with that. But then they get up clo closer to us and we can hear them just fine. Yep. So either we're on the radio waves where we can hear them or we're floating in space and shouldn't be able to hear them, period. You can't pick and choose. You can't go back and forth with this. Yeah. Oh, it just, this whole beginning just upset me for the movie to come. It did not, <laughs> it did not start on the right foot for me. Then <laughs> my next note is what the kind of spacewalk was Clooney doing? 
So they finally start, we get in, they're close, they're talking. She's working on taking off a panel so she can fix something. There's another dude working on something in the background. And Clooney's just flying around them. He's wasting the gas in his he's suit. Wa- he's wasting his propulsion, number one. And number yeah. two, he's not tethered to anything. Yeah. They don't allow you to just do random ass spacewalks without being tethered in case something goes wrong. So I'm going to ask this now and we're going to keep coming back to it. Because you know so much about space and space travel, is that what's negatively impacting this viewing for you? Possibly. I have, okay, you know what? Let's just get into it. Let's just do it right now. Yeah. I wrote a whole paragraph out about, well, not a whole, whole paragraph. It's not that long, but I want to, I want to get into this. So at some point in the movie, we find out that Sandra Bullock trained for six damn months to do this. Yeah. To go up into space to fix this thing that she's supposed to fix. Mm Mm-hmm bullshit (laughs) six months is bullshit so i went to nasa's website i was doing a deep dive into what does it take to become an astronaut yeah and i understand she's not going to be like a full-time pledged astronaut but you still need to learn these things she said it takes six months of training that's what she took in reality it's two years two years of training you also need two years of relevant professional experience in in a field of study Including teaching. Including teaching? Including teaching. So if you have like an engineer degree, but you're not an engineer, but you're a teacher, it can still count. But you also need a master's degree in either science, technology, engineering, or mathematics. Maybe she has one of those. Mm -hmm. We don't find out. I don't remember finding out anyway what she has exactly. She's an engineer of some kind. And she works at a hospital normally. Yeah. So I don't think that's relevant professional experience. (laughs) And this is, like I said, directly from NASA's website for their astronauts in training program. So basically, my conclusion is, fuck her. (laughs) This character is awful. She is so underprepared. Underprepared. We get a moment later in the movie where she's like, it's after everything's happened, we'll get to, and she has to land the shuttle. You know, she has to get back to Earth. And she's Uh like, no, I've never done it. Every time I tried, I crashed. They wouldn't let you in fucking space if you couldn't land something. Yeah, especially when it's like, things go wrong in space all the time. It is very dangerous up there. So what were to happen if you, everyone else in your crew got incapacitated and you had to land it? Yeah. And now the lives are in your hands and you can't fucking do it. Oh, she magically lands it anyway, so it's all good. Oh no, she doesn't. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, every time she spoke... And then you have George Clooney, who's supposed to be the astronaut, yeah. doing shit he's not supposed to be doing. Yeah. What the f- Who wrote this? Did they even bother to talk to anybody? No. Oh, God. Yeah. It ruined part of my viewing. And by See, part of, I mean, maybe all of it? I don't know. Because <laughs> there were parts I liked. It was just a really hard initial intro to these characters and to their world. Yeah. I know very little about space and space travel, so I wasn't as annoyed as you were by these little things. Sure. So we'll have an interesting discussion. We're having it right now. Moving (laughs) forward. Screw her, dude. (laughs) How do you just say six months? I understand that's supposed to be like, oh my God, she only had six months of training and she's going to do it anyway. But come on, man. Really? But somehow... I remember that they sent up a teacher. I don't think she had a master's nor like two years of training to go up. I know their shuttle 
exploded, but... Because <laughs> she didn't have two, two years of training. <laughs> no, we don't actually say that, but... Yeah. Like, it, I think it happened, but... There's a, but... There's a difference... Listen, there's a difference, though, between, like, going up to the International Space Station and your entire job is in the International Space Station. You don't have to spacewalk. You don't have to fix stuff on the outside of it. You have to, like, plant a plant. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you got to grow a, a bean or something. There's a huge difference between that and going outside of the space station to fix something. Yeah. That's a huge difference. So a teacher going up so she can write on a chalkboard or whatever she's going to do in the space station is, if you only have like a year of training, fine. But if you actually have to leave the station to go out and do a spacewalk to fix something on the outside of the structure. Mm Mm-hmm. Six months is absolutely not enough time. One hundred percent not enough time, and that's what plays out for the rest of the movie, and which is why you're supposed to like feel for her of like, oh, she wasn't prepared for this. She should have been. Yeah, they. Whenever it comes to space, they over prepare. Oh yeah, they over prepare. Oh, yeah. So they're like, because you also one of the other things that you needed was like one thousand hours. Of something. I don't remember Simulation training? No, it wasn't that. It was was before, like, outside of the program. Like, you needed a thousand hours of of learning. Plus, you got to take a bunch of classes. You got to do... These were just, like, the three major things that I wrote down. But there Mm -hmm. were so many other things you needed to do before you could become an astronaut. Yeah. It's one of the things that pisses me off about the movie Armageddon. (laughs) When they're like, hey, we're going to train these uh, oil guys to be astronauts. You sure as hell are not. You're going to train the astronauts how to oil. But according to director Michael Bay... Shut the fuck up, Ben. Don't ask. Yeah. God, I'm swearing a lot already in this pod. Yeah, jeez. This movie just, it got me. It just <laughs> got me. It got me. I don't know. All right. So they're fixing stuff. They're having conversations. It's kind of cool. It looks good. Yeah. Them floating around looks cool. Yeah. I, I didn't like their suits all that much, but them floating around looked pretty cool. They looked, they just looked fake. Ew, they look not yeah. existing. Yeah. They were definitely... They didn't feel like they have the normal, like, bulk and heft that spacesuits normally do. Like, the weight to it. Yeah. They just felt weightless. (laughs) Jokes. Uh They're in space. But they were a different kind of weightless, as if they weren't actually there. Yeah. But they still looked good. And we get the loveliness that is George Clooney in this movie, just living his best (laughs) life. Clooney got paid $5 million to come in for, like, a week of shooting and was just like, can you just be you? Can you just say, like, random shit? And can you just, like, throw out as much charisma as you possibly can? And he was like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, but. Yeah, like, right? I got like, you. Unbelievable. He stole the show for me. In Seriously. I wanted him on my screen the entire time. Like, I don't care about her. She she can go away. Right, she's boring as hell. Yeah, Ryan is terrible. Yeah, I didn't even remember her name. I'm glad you said it, because I had no <laughs> idea who she was. I just kept in my head being like, Bullock, this is... How did you get nominated for this? Yeah. You're not very good in this movie, and the character's not very good. Yeah, it's a really boring character. You have some emotional moments, but I feel very forced and contrived. Yeah, absolutely. We get... So there's going to be a debris storm, right? So something came and knocked into a satellite. Yeah, the Russians blew up one of their own satellites. Yep, and so the debris is going everywhere, and initially it shouldn't come anywhere near them. That's what, that's what ground control has been telling them. Mm-hmm. Who is, oh my God, what is his name? I didn't write it down, but I was like, I remember him. He's amazing. And he's in so many things. 
He's the guy who runs the entire uh, Truman Show experience. That actor. Oh. Um, he's he's the voice of Mission Control. Good God, what is his freaking name? Hold on, I'm getting there. But of Ed course. Harris. Yeah. Ed Harris. I love Ed Harris. So it was always nice to hear his voice. It was really nice. But he tells them they have, they have nothing to worry about. And then like two minutes later, he calls back and he's like, nah, just kidding. Abort, abort. <laughs> Get the hell out of there. Because the satellite that blew up that debris hit other debris, which has now knocked it into their path. Yeah, it's, it's destroyed another satellite, and now everything is just coming at them. Yeah. <sighs> Why? I feel, I feel like they would have foreseen this, or like at least... Well, you can't foresee a satellite blowing up, but... No, no, no. I mean, like, as soon as it was hit... I know it's not supposed to come near them, but I still feel like they would have sent them back to the ship. They wouldn't have sent them back. They would have just put them on high alert. The fact that they just tell them they're basically in the clear is a little weird to me Mm -hmm. because they would have been like, hey, debris is in your area. We currently have it on trajectory to not come near you, but let's have a heads up. Get your job done. Be ready. We might have to pull you back in at any time. Yeah. Anyone who does not need to be outside right now, go back in. They all need to be outside right now. They were all doing something. He's the professional astronaut making sure they don't die. And they're both fixing something. So I didn't think he was fixing something, the other guy, because he was just, like, jumping off the ship. Well, he was having fun. He might have been done with his job already. Who knows? Yeah. But they definitely would have put him on high alert and been like, get ready to abort. The fact that they're just like, you're clear, keep going. And then two minutes later, they're like, run! Yeah. What? But also, screw Ryan again. Why? She doesn't go when she's told. I mean, yeah. that's probably the only reason they survived, but still. I mean, it's definitely the, not the reason they survived. I mean, the guy on the ship and everyone in the ship die. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they're listening to this, we're going to spoil the movie anyway. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It, it, this whole thing. So, it's kind of tense when the debris hits. Like, it's shot really well. It's really cool watching debris fly through and they're trying to survive it and all this stuff. It's kind of cool. I don't know how real it is. Yeah. It takes me out a little bit, especially because I've never been in space. It's on my bucket list to go to space. I will never be able to cross that one off unless I become a bajillionaire <laughs> overnight, which just won't happen. Yeah. I love space. What's the whole thing of space? There's not friction to slow anything down. That's why things go in orbit and nothing slows them down and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So during this entire thing, debris comes and smashes stuff. She's on a mechanical arm that basically helps hold her in place and she can move around with. It gets detached and sent flying. But it doesn't go anywhere. Like it kind (laughs) of just slowly meanders away enough. And then when she detaches from it. She goes flying. She just gets flipped. (laughs) and then george clooney catches her but does he so that's the question so real quick so in the movie he gets he catches her and he and he brings her back with his propulsion system yeah sorry man that's no (laughs) you were you were nowhere near her to be able to catch her in time and you do not have enough propulsion in your system yeah catch her and get all the way back they they get pretty far with that propulsion system that he was just using willy-nilly yeah Okay, let's talk about it because you already brought it up. One of my questions I have, this is a fever dream, right? She's dead. The the rest of this movie, after this debris contacts them, they're all dead. I've had that headcanon for years that the first time she's blown off and she gets kind of yeeted out into space, 
that is her low oxygen fever dream of right. her making it back to Earth. Because we get, she has like 17% oxygen, which immediately drops to 10%, which then immediately drops to 5%. But then it's like good. It just sticks at 5% for a long time until she can get rescued, basically, <laughs> until she can get more oxygen, which yeah. doesn't happen for like 40 more minutes of the movie. Yeah. She's dead. Yeah, she has such low oxygen for so long. Eventually it goes to zero and he's like, oh yeah, you're going to be breathing in carbon monoxide. So um, just try to not breathe that much. Yeah, but no, she's definitely passed out. Yeah. And slowly dying in space Uh as her suit fails. And this is all a fever dream. Yeah. Which it's a terrible fever dream because everything keeps going wrong. You couldn't dream something better. (laughs) You couldn't dream about being rescued or something like things keep going wrong, but she still makes it to earth. So they keep going wrong in a way that she can fix, even though she's not trained for any of it. Yeah. That's why like the entire time I was like, she's, she's, she died. She died. Within 20 minutes of this movie, she's dead and everything else is just. She's in the process of dying. Yes. She's in the process of dying. And this is what she's imagining. She would like to happen or is happening. You think about it later on. George Clooney comes back even after he supposedly dies. So... Because that's a dream. That is a dream. So it's a dream within a dream. Inception. I'm saying maybe George Clooney showing up the first time... Was... Was a dream. Correct. Because he's very nonchalant when he catches her. Yeah. He's very much like, I gotcha. Okay, let's go. Okay. (laughs) I've been here before. (laughs) And you're like, what the (laughs) hell is happening? Y'all can't catch anything else for the rest of the movie, but you call her in the middle of wide open space yeah you can't even catch each other later listen i watched the martian i know how hard it is to use propulsion to line stuff up all right <laughs> let's go iron man <laughs> we should have done that movie i love that movie so Maybe much. we'll do that movie eventually yeah all right so you you not freaked but you definitely had a ooh kind of moment so after they're after he rescues her and they get back to where they were mm-hmm. they're kind of analyzing the damage and they get the other guy. I don't know his name. Uh, sure. Guy. Yeah. I don't remember his name either. Adam? Sure. Was it, was it Adam? I have I no idea. I don't know. There's an Adam, but okay. I, don't, I don't know if that's that That's other probably going to be the other person since we don't get anyone else in this entire movie. All right. We'll call him Adam. Dude, he took debris right through the face. You actually can see it during the first debris strike oh, and yeah. getting struck. Oh, yeah. You see him get whipped back because yeah. it goes right through his face. Yeah. It is graphic and horrible every time i see it but don't you love the fact that they're trying to rescue him they don't even bother to look at him or check him they just grab him and they're like come on bring him with and then like after they run into more problems is when they see that his face has just been decimated i think they knew he had died i think they were trying to get his body back you think so yeah i don't know i understand that but if it's at the cost of your own life that's why they leave him on the well, <laughs> attached to the ship, yeah. So they get back to the, the ship, and everybody's dead. Yeah. Every single astronaut that was up there. Somehow, something broke all the glass. And of course, it was a jump scare of looking in, everything looks normal. <gasps> Sudden body. Oh, there was a jump scare? A la the dead body in Jaws. Oh, the Jaws one was way better. Yeah, but... Yeah, the head? Yeah. The head in Jaws? Way better. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. But this was, this was supposed to be like that. Yeah, I didn't get that. I knew everybody <laughs> was dead. There wasn't going to be a jump scare because it was like everybody's dead. So they, you're going to see a floating body eventually. Yeah. 
Oh, God. Okay. Let's just, <laughs> let's just move on. So everybody's dead. So they realize they have to get to another station so that they can try to get help. Mm-hmm. Right. So what do they do? Pew, pew, shoo, 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 shoo. And they use their little propulsion system that I George love... Clooney never runs out of. And just they try to get somewhere. I love the fact that you made the propulsion system sound like a little shooter. Yeah. Little guns. Pew, pew, I don't know. I don't know. How so basically he does sound. like one big jump, jut, and then lets them just kind of glide. Well, of course, because that's how space works. There's no, there's no friction to stop you. So he doesn't use it the entire way there. But then as they get close. He does have to use They're it. going really fast. And he's like, we got to slow down a little bit. No, he, he's like, okay, I got to save all my propulsion because we have to course correct when we get there. Uh, and then he uses it all and then they're going too fast and he can't slow them down. Yeah, sure. Um, either way, they can't slow down and they're going to just crash into the, the Grab station. onto something. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? You want me to just willy-nilly grab onto something? Yeah. Also, why does their tether break in this moment? Uh, I think it's just the clasp. It's always interesting about this movie, and it makes me laugh every time I watch it, is they have the most convenient and inconvenient grip ever. They can grab things and hold on to things like crazy until they can't. Oh, yeah. Okay. Speaking of grabbing on to things, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the most unnecessary death in the history of movies. Oh, so unnecessary. So after they hit the space station going however fast they're going, and she gets trapped in wiring, which good for her somehow. Yeah, around Super her foot, lucky. Yeah. Super lucky. George Clooney doesn't. He doesn't get to hold on to anything or whatever. So he just is flying past her and she reaches out and she grabs the tether still attached to him. Uh-huh. And she's holding on to it. But he's still got some momentum. So he's slowly pulling her a little bit, which is loosening the cables around her foot. So he's like, you got to let me go, man. Because if you don't, we're both going to fly off. Mother, are you serious right now? You can enact momentum. First of all, she's pretty much stopped your momentum at this part. When yeah. she lets go, he takes off like he was shot out of a cannon. Yeah. It's unbelievable how fast he's still moving, although she stopped pretty much all of his momentum. Yeah. You're holding the tether. Do you know how much force it would take to just give a little tug? Pull him back in your direction and guess what happens? The lack of friction in the air in the atmosphere, will cause him to continue moving in that direction. Then you can hug him. Then you both can grab the cables that you are attached to, pull yourselves back to safety. Why in the blue hell do you let him go? He doesn't. She doesn't let him go. He know, lets he himself go. But she was gonna. So the most, She didn't pull him back in. So the most unnecessary mm-hmm. self-sacrifice ever. I hate it. Ever. I hated it. Ever. It doesn't make any sense. It's the worst. The movie's probably better going forward if Clooney's still alive. If it's the two of them having to survive, it's a lot more believable. Mm -hmm. And then we get somebody that she can banter with. They can talk. They can, instead of just her being boring as hell. Yeah. I don't know why this death had to happen. I honestly have no, no answers for you. It is, I get so angry every time because like his momentum has stopped. Just pull him. Just give a quick little yank. Quick little yank. Send him back towards the station or pull him towards you. Hug him. Saved. Everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. Clooney was probably like, I only got a week to shoot, so you got to make sure you kill my character. <laughs> I love it, too, because she immediately, when she finally does get inside the space station, the whole idea that she keeps saying is, oh, I'm going to come get you. I'm going to get into the pod and I'm going to come get you. First thing she does, takes all of her suit off and just curls into a little fetus. Yeah. She sucks as a person. It's like, I get you need to breathe. You were on carbon monoxide for a while, but... Which is why she's dead. Yeah. 
But still. What blows my mind the most about his sacrifice, like after the whole sacrifice itself, but afterwards, he's like directing her what to do as he's slowly just floating into space to die. And he's still good natured about it. He's yeah. like, I'm going to break that record. Woo, here we go. Don't know what record, but I'm going to break it. What a weird ass scene. Yeah. It's acted really well by both of them. This is one moment that like the characters really shine and their acting really comes through. Mm-hmm. It's just the moment itself pisses me off so much yeah. that it's hard to see the forest through the trees, basically. Mm-hmm. But I will give it to him. In that moment, I, I felt it from both of them. But I was like, you're a terrible astronaut. You should understand how this works and been able to save yourself. Also, if you weren't wasting your damn propulsion at the beginning of the movie, you would have had some left. Yeah. You freaking dick. Maybe don't waste stuff. Oh, God. God. Yeah. One thing I noticed about this movie, it mm-hmm. is the definition of Murphy's Law at its finest. <laughs> it's, now, Murphy's Law is not what can go wrong will go wrong. It's just what can happen will happen. Everything that can happen in this movie happens. Fire in space happens. I mean, it does happen in, in real life. Yeah. But, convenient, it happens for her. Uh-huh. She gets miraculously saved by the coils around her foot. Murphy's Law. Like, everything that happens can't it can, that can happen does happen so that this movie can freaking happen yeah i just used the word happen a ton of times in that sentence <laughs> it just makes me realize that she should have died like six times in this oh, movie yeah absolutely if we had a you should have been dead counter it'd be at like 12 yeah it, unbelievable unbelievable so let's talk the visuals real quick sure are they good i think so you think so i think like, so they're, they're good right but like are they Everybody talk about it for six months, how visually stunning this movie is good. Not so much anymore, but probably for the time it was. I remember it being just the most beautiful thing you'd ever seen. Because Earth for a looks while. like a marble. It's got a weird shine to it. Yeah, that's the atmosphere. Yes. Maybe. Because then we see the Aurora Borealis at some point, and it looks like it's just spreading over the Earth. It's like a tentacle monster. Like, it's pretty. Like, don't get me wrong, it's pretty. I I liked it. It mm-hmm. looked good. I don't know if it looked that good. It probably would have looked better if we weren't just watching it being spinning around and around and around. I wonder how many people threw up in the theaters watching this movie. I really thought I was going to at one point. I get very motion sick. So watching, especially when she initially gets thrown out and she's just when the arm pinwheeling, is just basically. Spinning. Yeah. Her and, and it, uh, I felt very sick. Mm-hmm. It was bad. Yeah. I don't get motion sickness. And I was like, oh, God. <gasps> oh, how did she not Just, throw up? Oh, oh God. she probably threw up. And that's where all the oxygen went. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so she gets into the station and she's trying to call for help. And she contacts the Russians because they're answering her call. But they can't speak to each other because they don't speak each other's language. So they start howling like dogs. Woof, woof. You're, you're uh, way too ahead. <laughs> oh, I don't have any notes in between. That's oh, literally my next yeah, no, note she, is howling. She She's not talking to the Russians. She's talking to someone in China because at that point she's at the Chinese station and she's trying to find a detach and go down. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure the, the voices on the other end are Russian. I could I'm be certain. wrong. I'm fairly certain because that's also when a baby cries. Of course, we find out throughout the movie that Ryan's daughter died, and that's why she is the way she is. And she gets, she's basically giving up. She's turning everything off. She's gonna just let this guy, weird guy, yeah, sing when, to her sleep. That's when Clooney comes in. Mm-hmm. 
That's after the howling. That's yes. much later than where the howling is. No. The howling comes first. Then she has to get to another station. Maybe. And then that's when the Chinese stuff comes in. I could have sworn that was all at the same time. But it's just weird. I mean, it, it, just, it was like two minutes of her barking like a dog. Yeah. I hated it. It, it didn't help anything. <laughs> I mean, I understand like she was contacting somebody. So like having that interaction with another human being was important, but it didn't add anything to the story. I didn't care. We didn't need two minutes of it. Yeah. Like 10 seconds and move on. So also, why are you picking up random stations? Yeah, weird. For only an hour and like 40 minutes, this movie's long. Yeah. It's very long. Very long. My next note is, well, okay, let's just get to the end of the movie here. So she does get to a Chinese satellite pod that can get her back to Earth. Mm -hmm. And she has a fever dream where... Clooney comes in and she's like, oh my God, I thought you were dead. And ah, ha, ha, ha. and he like tells her, we can just turn everything off and we can just sit here and die. Or we can turn everything on and you can land this bird. Yeah. It's like motivational pep talk. Great moment. It was... Clooney comes through hard here. Yeah. It was also a great moment because you realize it's just her mind telling her like, no, no, there is a way to do this. Right. Dumb. Self-motivational pep talk through the eyes of someone else. Yeah. And it's wonderful. Like I said, Clooney kills it here. He knocks Bullock's, it out of the park. Bullock's reaction to him, like, entering when she thinks he's actually there. And then, like, her shocked of, like, I thought you were dead. Yeah. Like, what the, What are you doing here? Also, you just opened an airlock in space and I didn't die. So. Yeah. So maybe I should have understood what was happening. Yeah. But she's out of it. Great moment. It's actually, like, such a wonderful moment here. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, it's exactly like the self-sacrifice scene where they're both killing it but i'm too distracted by the dumb sh- happening in the story <laughs> to to care <laughs> yeah but great moment great moment and she does she flips everything on and she's like i can do this and she lands it mm-hmm. she crashes in the ocean and she almost dies again because she can't get out of the pod as it's sinking and she also can't swim with the heavy suit yeah which is suddenly very much heavier yeah well because gravity gravity yeah it's <laughs> the name of the movie uh. mm. So she lands, she does get out of the pod, she swims to the surface, she she gets on land, she f- is in mud, she gets up, she looks around, she's in the middle of some beautiful area. End of movie. Yeah. That's it. Boom. Roll credits. Hmm. Not, will she be saved? No, no idea. Just- Although, they, she did have radio communication, not that she communicated back to them, but they're like, we have your location. Yeah, so I assume she's going to be saved, but that's it, that's how the movie ends. Yeah. Alright, couple notes. Uh, Bullock isn't that good in this. No. I know I kind of already touched upon it. I don't, she doesn't come across with her normal charisma, her normal, like, look at me, I'm the center of attention and you want to pay attention to me. Most of the time, just remove her from the scene. Just, just, this should have been a documentary about space where it just shows me pictures of space. Yeah. This, her performance reminds me a lot of Will Smith's performance in After Earth, where you take, yeah, you take a person who's normally super charismatic and all their roles are that, and you tell them, hey, don't be that. And they're just nothing. And I think movies like this can exist. Castaway, Tom Hanks, exists. He's wonderful in it. Yeah. His charisma pours out of him. Even though it's just him on screen for two hours, mm-hmm. it pours out of him and it makes you invested in this character. You need a character that's willing to be invested if that's the only person on screen. Exactly. I was not invested in Ryan. No. At all. I did not care if she lived or died. <laughs> I didn't. It's fair. And so I couldn't connect to the movie at all. I mean, there were these little things that bothered me as well, but mostly I couldn't get invested in the character, which is why I think it was important that they 
should have kept George Clooney alive. Yeah. And Because we cared it. about George Clooney's character, Matt. I, I didn't even care about him that much. I thought he was interesting as the actual astronaut. But I think two people in this story work so much better than a singular person. Yeah. And you could have had like a time clock on it too of like maybe her oxygen's not low. His is. But he's the one who knows how to do everything. So she has to rescue him so that he can guide her on how to get back to Earth and save both of them. And they have a limited amount of time to do it. That's a story I would watch. That's intense. Yeah, I would watch that though. And I think it would work really well. She should have never been in space. We already talked about that. And I think last point before we move on, this movie's boring as hell. It is quite boring. I've watched a ton of long, boring movies in this one. Not at the top, but it's probably in the top 10 most boring movies I've ever watched. And that's not a bad thing. It's not, I don't need movies where stuff blows up all the time. Schindler's List is an absolutely astounding movie. It's also boring as hell. <laughs> but it's a really good boring as hell movie. Yeah. So this one's just boring. I can't decide if it's a good boring or a bad boring, but it's definitely boring. One thing that I liked about this movie is their use of sound. So I appreciate that they, they won, won the awards yeah. for that because they did use that absence of sound. They did muffle things that needed to be muffled. So it got you feeling a little bit more like you were there. Yeah, absolutely. And normally people have that issue. There is no sound in space. So things shouldn't be exploding and going yeah. crazy. And or it's pew like, pews. Yeah. <laughs> so everything, having that muffled tint to it was really nice. It added to a, re a sense of realism to a very unrealistic story. Yeah. Agreed. Let's go into nits. Yeah. My first nit is the 5% oxygen level, but she never acts like it. Never yeah. hear her like struggling for breath. Never hear her losing her voice. Because and yet she's... she's still just like gulping air like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Uh, she's untrained to survive any of this. Mm-hmm. And she's dead. Just dead. <laughs> Those are my nits. Hey, I couldn't get past that initial she's dead. What do you got? Yeah, they make the situation too dire too quickly. They immediately go to that low oxygen and just stick there. Yeah, I wish they would have done like a 35% oxygen. Mm -hmm. And as time went on, we just kept checking back in and it was getting lower and lower. And therefore, we saw the ticking clock rather than the clock was already at zero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are... There's only so many times I can hear Sandra Bullock go, ah, ah, ooh, ah. Yeah. Yeah. This this exceeded that quota. It, within five minutes of the movie. It was really bad. Yeah. Those were my nits. Cool. Questions? Let's do this. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to it because I, I want a definitive answer, yes or no. Is this a fever dream of her dying after the initial impact? For me, yes. Same. I 100% think that's... That's my takeaway anyway. And mm -hmm. I think that was supposed to be the takeaway. Yeah, it's just too unrealistic otherwise. Could you be an astronaut? No, I get motion sick. I would I... love to be out in space, but because I get motion sick, I don't think I ever could do it. Somebody make me an astronaut. They'd never. They'd be like, dude, you have asthma. You're out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why was this movie so loved? I can't place. So like I said, first time watching it a decade after it came out. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. But it's not a great movie either. I can't understand why it was so loved. Was it because Sandra Bullock was like at the height of her powers at the time? And that definitely could be why. So people it was were just, her in a very pretty space movie. And people were just like, I have to watch her. Mm -hmm. Because it's Sandra Bullock. We love her. Yeah. 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 I can't understand it. That and just their, their weightlessness in space yeah. was supposed to be like the biggest thing. I, I've seen it done better in Chinese cinema. Yeah. So is this movie better? 
with a twist ending like planet of the apes where he gets away from the apes and he's walking on the beach and he sees the statue of liberty and he's like oh no i've been on earth the entire time yeah. is this movie better with a twist ending no are you sure because she's dead that would have just solidified the fact that she is dead but that's what i'm saying like what if the twist ending was when she gets to earth she looks up and she starts crying and then we hear over the radio like crackle and it's like uh ryan I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to get to you. And we go back to space and we see her still floating away dying. Okay, that would be better. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. A cool little twist ending. Or what if this was a sequel to a Predator movie and the planet she ended up on wasn't Earth? Hmm, nah. Damn, Predators. No, I do I do like my other my first one though. Yeah. I think going back to her in space dying makes this movie very interesting. Yeah. Just seeing what her mind came up with. Yeah. To escape the clutches of death. Yeah. That she did have to struggle, but she survived. Yeah. But in reality, didn't. It's a better ending for me. That's I wish fair. they would have done it. Uh, all right, go ahead. Was this just another gimmick movie? Yeah. And I, I don't care for gimmick movies. Like Boyhood, where it was like, it's a really boring-ass basic story, but we shot it over 12 years, so like it's interesting. No, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I could have made this movie in two weeks. Would you have rather had the roles reversed with George Clooney being the one we follow the entire time? No, like I said, I think having one person alone doesn't work for this movie. You needed to. It's my personal opinion, anyway. Fair. Needed to. Fair. Didn't matter who it was. Wonderful. And as always, we finish up with our two main questions. What piece of memorabilia do you want from this movie? Wow, there really wasn't much. <laughs> um, I think one of the 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 like rum bottle or the vodka bottle that he pulls out. Ooh, that's that a has one. the little sippy bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. I think I want, so when she's in the little, when she's in the Chinese pod, mm-hmm. there's like a little Hello Kitty figure or something <laughs> really? like on the dash. I want that. All right. I, I don't know what it is exactly. It's a little cat figure and I want it. <laughs> if this movie came out in 2023, does it get a theatrical release, go straight to streaming, or do we make it a miniseries? I think it stays theatrical. I think they'll still think it's a big deal. Yeah. I don't know if it would. If you make this movie again in 2023, Sandra Bullock can't do the movie anymore. Who do you put in that role? Who has enough charisma to lead an entire movie by themselves? Oh, um. I have a pick. I don't like my pick, but I know the rest of the world likes my pick. <laughs> I would want to go with someone like, oh, what is her name? What's she been in? Ready or not. Oh, uh, Samara Weaving. Yeah, I'd put Samara Weaving. Okay, that's a pretty good choice. That's a pretty good choice. It's Hollywood, so I know exactly who they would pick. Mm-hmm. And I don't agree at all, but Zendaya. That is true. They love her for everything. Yeah. She would 100% get this movie and people would go see it because they all love Zendaya. I would probably ignore it again, just like I did this movie in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, your, your pick's good. I like that. Yeah. I, w- I think a miniseries might be interesting. It might be, but I feel like people would turn it off because they just don't care. <laughs> At yeah, some point, like they just six, don't care. Like six episodes and every episode is another like thing she has to overcome to get back to earth and the whole idea of like will she get there or not i don't know but maybe only, more interesting but only if you keep george clooney well that's what i'm saying like the first episode we don't need to get right into the accident right away if it's a miniseries that's we can true. have the whole first episode of bonding and everything the second episode is them still together it's by the third episode she's finally alone and we only get three episodes of her alone okay i can see it i think i, I think i would watch that i could see it awards yeah all right you're going to be disappointed in a lot of my picks. <laughs> Let's do this. All right. First up, as always, is the psycho shower scene for your favorite scene in the movie. Go ahead. Mine is Matt showing back up. 
being the little fever dream that tells her how to get home. I think I like it's just it. really well acted, and it's a uh, it's a cute moment, and like has it. George Clooney in it. That was my number one pick, but I had a feeling you were going to go with it, so I course corrected. Yeah, and I went with where they are entering too fast into the station, okay. and they have to try to grab onto something. It's a pretty tense scene. Yeah, it's got some good action in it. You kind of feel the this is a good pace for this moment in the movie, and it's really interesting. And you're never sure who's going to, you know, for a first watch, if you didn't know who was surviving this movie, whose movie it was or who whatever. Because mm-hmm. at this point, it's not really Sandra Bullock's movie, nor is it George Clooney's. It's kind of a twofer. So you don't really know what's going to happen. Good scene. Nice. Next up is the... Life uh, finds a way. Award. I will go first for this one. None. <laughs> I don't have an award winner for this one. I could not, throughout the entire movie pick out a single line of dialogue that I gave a shit enough about to give it this award. <laughs> Sorry. That's like such a, a cop out and just yeah. a lame ass answer. But I cannot remember a single thing said in this movie other than she has a kid who died. That's not even a line of dialogue. <laughs> she says, she tells she tells Clooney's character yeah. that, her, that her kid died for something. I don't even remember what it was for. I don't know. I don't have an answer. What do you got? It's a Matt quote. So mm. George Clooney saying. Of course it is. You point the damn thing at her. It's not rocket science. But it is. <laughs> it's funny because it is, but it's also, you just have to hit the earth. Just just go towards the earth. That's all you need to do. That big giant marvel in the sky. Just yep. go for it. Yep. Just point it that way and go. It's easier said than done. Oh yeah. Easier said than done. But yeah, it's. It's a good line, now that you're saying it. I, I think it's a little blasé. But he was the entire movie. Yeah. Next up is our newest award. The Prestige. Award for the biggest WTF moment from the movie. Yeah, I think we're going to have the same one. You think so? Maybe. I have that she survives by the end. Okay, that's not mine. <laughs> that's the biggest WTF. When she lands on <laughs> Earth and crawls out into the mud and stands up and looks around, I literally smacked myself in the forehead and was like, what the f- just happened <laughs> when they didn't go back and were like it was all a dream when it just ended yeah and i was like oh, okay then yeah. yeah all right what's yours mine is letting go of matt Ooh, yeah or, or matt letting himself go yeah that's my that's my second pick yeah it was oh. just no yeah. why awful next up is the han shot first award yeah Scott. yes i bet you have or the thing that held up the worst since this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. The believability of this story. That, it's so unbelievable. None none of it should have happened or could happen. Yeah, it's just, it's not interesting to watch anymore because it's unbelievable. Okay. I'm going to give you two options. And you're going you're gonna to tell me which one of these I actually went with. Okay. Okay. So, what held up the worst is Sandra Bullock's Ryan. Okay. Or the fact that the movie is boring. Uh, I'd say Sandra Bullock's Ryan. Ooh, thanks for playing. I actually picked that the movie's boring. (laughs) That gets my award. It's not an interesting story. It's too much is happening. The movie never settles and lets us kind of be relieved for her and think she's going to survive because the minute she gets somewhere where you're like, yay, she made it, something immediately happens to put her life in danger again. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just, you would think that's a good thing, but it just makes the more movie boring and predictable. Fair. And so it doesn't hold up for me. 
Uh, Paul Rudd Award. I'm Paul Rudd, and I adapt. For the thing that held up the best since this movie came out, this I think we might have the same exact answer for. Okay, you say it this time. George Clooney. No. Oh, okay. Um, Here's my second. I think Clooney's acting... You had asked earlier if they switched the roles, is it a better movie? And I said, no, I think it has to be both people. I do think it's a better movie with just George Clooney. I still don't think it's a good movie, Mm -hmm. but I do think it's a better movie. Clooney crushed this role. For the week he was on set or two weeks he was on set, however (laughs) long he was there, for the minimalist stuff that he had to do, I'm not the biggest Clooney fan. I think he relies very heavily on being George Clooney rather than being the character. Mm -hmm. But I think George Clooney for this character made perfect sense. Yeah. Because we need that astronaut. These other two people aren't astronauts. They're there to do work. That's it. He needs to be the calming voice and have that charisma. And that's just who Clooney is. So holds up the best for me. Mine is space is pretty. (laughs) It's still a rather pretty movie when it gives you the moment to realize how pretty it is. Yeah, it is a pretty movie. I don't think it's as pretty as everybody, you know, like I said, said it was. Yeah. But... I wish they would have given us more of a moment to appreciate the pretty Mm -hmm. and just slow the movie down for a moment and just let us take it all in. Yeah. But I didn't make it and I didn't win Oscars. So who the hell am I to say what they should have done? Fair. All right. Let's go into final decisions, final thoughts and decisions. This this movie doesn't hold up. It was a gimmick movie that preyed on everyone just wanting to see something pretty and the fact that everyone loves Sandra Bullock, but it's not a great movie and there's much better space movies out there. Agreed. It doesn't hold up for me. You know, it's a weird role reversal right now. You being the one who have seen who has seen this before, me going in fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. I think I was right to avoid it in 2013. Yeah. I, this is a movie you can watch once and just kind of go, okay, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there? Whereas movies like Castaway or, and I know The Martian cheats a little bit because it does go back to Earth and we get the perspective of other people, but we do get a lot of time with Watt and he just by himself doing things. Yeah. And it's interesting still. Yeah. This movie's just not interesting and therefore it does not hold up for me. Fair. All right. That's it for Gravity 2013. Thanks for listening and join us next week for, I don't know what, normally we have our schedule written out. We know what we're going to do. We don't know what we're doing next week yet. So it's going to be a surprise to everyone. Come join us on the socials by clicking the link in the description. We appreciate you guys. We're also, I know I said this back at the beginning of the year, but it is going to come true very soon. We're going to be starting a Patreon where you can come support us and get exclusive access to some really cool content. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to come within the next month or so. And until next time, guys, I hope you take care of yourselves because you're a legend. So make sure you're good to yourself, but more importantly, be kind to others and keep watching movies. Bye.